everyone, welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with NYU alumni who served in the role of RA, um, listening to their journey of life after graduating from NYU, New York University. My name is Giselle and I am tonight's co-host. I am a junior from Orange County, California, and I'm studying both business and psychology at NYU and I am an RA in Coral. And I'm Tom Ellett, the other co-host, and I serve as the Senior Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Giselle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm glad to have (laughs) you. So tell me how Coral is doing for you. Coral is one of the quieter dorms at NYU, but I've definitely been able to have a lot of fun with like the residents that I've met there. I'm new as an RA this semester, so it was a different experience to be added on second half of the year, but I definitely feel like it's home now. Tell me a little bit about how you're connecting with your students, because you, you and I have talked before, but I think it's really great how you're doing this work. So now we just did our last board of the semester, and one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to incorporate the different conversations that I had with my residents earlier in the year into little notes at the end to kind of just wish them off like to a great summer and to for some of them that are returning next year. I just want to leave them a little note on like something that might have impacted me from our conversations with them. So I wrote every single resident a letter, and I've been receiving a lot of text messages, like hugs, and more conversations like from those letters. And I think I don't know, it was a really nice way to kind of tell. Everyone individual that like I, our conversations meant a lot to me, and like they as an individual meant a lot for me to like have those conversations with them. So dialogue is really the foundation of what you've done. Yeah. How did you feel like you're coming in new mid year that you just were going to go for it, and that you were <laughs> going to make sure that you took advantage of this opportunity? Because not everyone yeah. takes advantage of opportunities when they're given. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's just like I've always really been like a big people person. Like I'm, I, I feel like. Even though I'm introverted, like I'm a very big, like really social too at the same time, like an introverted extrovert, that's what I like to say. And so for me, when it comes to like building those relationships with people, it's something that like I really value. And so it didn't really matter that like I was being placed in a role as an RA to do that. That's just like who I am naturally. And so for me, it was, I was an exploration floor for um, sports and like I'm really like passionate about sports because I played in high school. I sometimes catch up with what's going on professionally. So I think I kind of use that as like the first engagement point with residents. And then from there on, like I really just wanted to know like why they come to NYU, like what are they studying? What do they like want to do in the future? It was just like really just a natural conversation with like people. Look at that. (laughs) And in your career, what what are you going to do? As of right now, I'm looking to be a product marketing manager, uh, which is really interesting. Cause yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that around. later. Yeah. And so essentially, I have a marketing background at NYU, and I really want to use that for consumer technology. It's just an area that I've been really interested in, especially because I have a psychology background, too, with school. I'm interested in seeing how those like psych concepts apply to like technology that's supposed to make your life easier. I think it's an interesting area of the business industry to get involved in. Outstanding. And so tonight we have a guest who kind of does that work. Yeah. Who do we have as our guest? Tonight our guest is Bart Rosenthal, who served as an RA in Weinstein for Ryan Sylvester, Zan Tanzi, Katie Winner during the 06-08 academic years. Welcome, Bart, and thank you for joining us on tonight's show. It's a real pleasure having you on. How are you doing, and where are you now? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I am currently in New York. I have not gone that far. I'm just further downtown. I am married with a kid and I'm working at Facebook as a product marketing manager. So lots changed. Oh my gosh. Congrats. <laughs> that is great. It's great to hear your voice, Bart. You were such a, a presence here on campus, really making an impact all around you. Why don't you jump back to your time here at Washington Square and tell our listeners what you studied? Sure. So I studied finance and international business. And that was at Stern. 
Were you involved in extracurricular activities? Yeah, so obviously being an RA, I would consider an extracurricular activity because I enjoyed it so much. But besides that, I also did the ambassador program, so gave tons of tours of school and uh, also helped staff a lot of different events. We had like career fairs for prospective students. And then I also did a number of Stern clubs and then also uh, was in kind of helping student government. Oh, so much. So were you an ambassador with NYU? Yes, I was. So I was that that guy walking backwards giving tours. (laughs) Okay, cool. Did you ever have any any fails while you were doing those tours? For sure. I mean, the tours themselves went great. There was a time where we tried to do videos of like kind of funny impersonations of the tours. And that was not my my debut moment, to be honest with you, is a lot of retakes. So for me, it just took a lot more time on video than in real life. So I like to just think I'm better in real life than on camera. You definitely <laughs> are better in real life. Although you had a YouTube series. Yes, we still do. Although we've been a little lazy the past few weeks, but my husband and I had a lot of questions when we were trying to figure out how to raise a baby. And specifically with us, we went through surrogacy, which there's not a ton of information and resources or people honestly that have gone through the process. So we decided after kind of starting that process, we were gonna document every week, just one part of that journey. So uh, you could find us on YouTube, it's called Two Men and a Baby. And yeah, we've kind of over the past two years documented lots of different parts of the journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and and it, it's their sections are really hilarious too. I mean, you know, if if this day job doesn't work out for you, I think you have a place in YouTube history and certainly in comedy. That's what I'm trying, Tom. I'm really going for that, that dual angle. We'll see which one pans out, you know? All right. <laughs> I definitely have to check this out now you after, no, after really, the podcast. It's yeah. really good. Do it in order, though. <laughs> okay. There is an order. You really, I think the order works well. So, Bart, did you always want to be an RA when you were an undergrad? Or, like, when did you decide that there was, was, like, something that you wanted to do alongside, like, the other things that you were involved with at NYU? Yeah, for me, it definitely was an opportunity. I think I realized pretty quickly. I think, honestly, during my first week during orientation week, which I'm unclear if you still, do you still do a full week? I don't know. Yes, we yeah. do. It's called welcome week. Yes. Oh, welcome week. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that's not gone because I love that. I honestly think during welcome week, I was so blown away by my RAs that really I wanted to also take part in helping build a community and kind of, yeah, be that kind of big brother for the entire floor. So for me, that definitely seemed like an opportunity I was interested in probably from week one. And then as I kind of went through my my years at NYU, understood what that opportunity looked like and went for it. What do you remember about the whole formation of community for you? So you come in your junior year, you think about, hey, I was a first year student. I had a great RA. How am I going to replicate that? Or how am I going to make it with the BART element? Yeah, I think... One thing that really stood out to me throughout my first two years, so freshman and sophomore year before becoming an RA, junior year, was just everyone has a very different experience in any context, right? So I think one of the main things that I wanted to make sure is that I had an inclusive community for everyone on the floor, whether they were having an amazing day or the worst day of their lives, they felt like they could come to me and talk and be that resource, So I think that was one of the first things in helping to build a community is people feeling like they're safe and they have that psychological safety to be vulnerable if they wanted to, or if they needed to like put their hand up and get resources that they felt comfortable doing that with me. So I think that was kind of the foundation. 
And then on top of that, just comes a lot of bonding and activities that we've done throughout the years. I remember a time where we did, I think this was my junior year, we did kind of the biggest Connect Four tournament ever. I don't think we recorded it. It should have went into the history books, but we actually stood outside Weinstein across on University Place and we played Connect Four by putting either a black or red tremendous piece of paper in the windows of, of the, what was that, the A side. And it was incredible, but I just felt like that, that and many other kinds of activities, maybe not as crazy as that one, really helped to form the community. So I, th- I think it just involves definitely a foundation of, of feeling like you can be vulnerable and that psychological safety. And then after that was just honestly having fun and getting to know people. So I felt like that was kind of the one-two punch. That's so cool. Especially, I don't know, I could, I wish I could have seen like the, the Connect Four things on the window. That would have been really cool. So like with, you're talking a lot about like these relationships that you built. Did you end up staying connected with any of the residents that you met while being an RA? For sure. I mean, I mean, there's definitely been over the years kind of questions like you had earlier about, oh, do I go for my MBA? Do I not? Or just check-ins, you know, with them throughout their lives and what they're doing now. I randomly bumped into a few people a year ago and it was just so funny. We just caught up, but like even my RAs, I mean, that's the thing too. You don't realize being in New York, my RAs were, and I don't know if you remember this, Tom, but Joey Campanelli and Peter, oh gosh, what's Peter's last name? Joey went into the food business, didn't he? Wasn't he on on TV, like Food Network guy? Yeah, he is. He is like owner, part owner of a number of restaurants throughout the city that are uber successful and you know it's just so funny where you live in new york and you see all these people and they were such a big part of your life and you're just walking down the street one day or you're in a restaurant and all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh how are you and you catch up and i think that's kind of speaks to the community that's built throughout your time there where it's like yes you have your friends that you're constantly talking to all the time but you know even the people that maybe you you know only spent a few times with, you still have these strong connections that when you see each other could kind of just pick up and and have a great conversation. So I feel like those opportunities are vast. You, you talk a little bit about how this community formed for you and how it remains. Do you ever have that feeling like, wow, I really missed out in not having the football stadium and the closed campus? Instead, you had New York City as your lab and as your classroom and as your extracurricular outlets. You know, it's funny. I try to explain. I have a lot of like coworkers, for instance, who went to very rah-rah schools, and you know, we talk about it. And you know, for me, I I just know that NYU was just the best place for me. I have no doubt in my mind that for me, yeah. I mean, there. I, I'm not a big sports guy, to be honest with you. So, I mean, already I wasn't necessarily looking for a sports school, but just talking about like a big campus feel or like hanging out in the quad or something like that. I just think there's just so much so many great experiences I had within those four years that they were just so impactful for my life and me growing up and honestly coming, coming to age in a way. But like the, I know with the RA program, I think at one point we went to see a Broadway show. I mean, it was my first Broadway show that I had been to as an adult. You know, I think there's just so many opportunities like that, going to certain restaurants, checking out neighborhoods and honestly the connections that I've built in doing that with so many friends and, you know, other RAs were just honestly some of the best times of my entire life. So there was never a time during or even after, I think that I've ever doubted the community that was built within four concrete walls versus a a vast quad. (laughs) The Joe. 
What do you think was your favorite thing to do in New York City like while you're here as an undergrad? Oh, I love taking long walks. I love that. I I think it was Ryan Sylvester actually that got me into running outside. So this was my junior year. So he was obviously the head of the of the residence hall and he was on this like running mission. And I don't recall if it was for a marathon or he was just challenging himself, but he was on this running mission and he kind of recruited all of us who were the new RAs to start running with him. And I started doing it and we ran from Weinstein Hall all the way down to the Brooklyn Bridge and went over and then came all the way back. And that was honestly a big turning point for me where I realized how many great opportunities there were to just walk around, run also, but also walk around the city and just check out new neighborhoods. I mean, I loved going down to Chinatown and having bubble tea. I loved going to, you know, like the East Village, which is now very different than it was then. You could not find an ATM or a bank east of like First Avenue. And now it's like, it's definitely changed since I was in school. But I mean, there's just so many great opportunities to just get out of your little bubble and just walk around and just check out something new. So I think for me, that was one of my favorite things then and still is today. Let's check out new neighborhoods. Let's talk a little bit about graduation happens. You have this stern degree undergrad and you're going to go into the big bad world. Tell us about that transition, your first job and, and how that got to you to where you are today. Okay. So you want real talk, Tom? So I want real talk. Really? Let's let's talk real talk. So I interned for two summers, my in between my sophomore and junior year and between my junior and senior year at a little company called Bear Stearns. So Bear Stearns was at the time a very prominent investment bank. And I had got a full time offer my junior going into my senior year to return to the bank. And essentially I was done for the year. I was like, great, I found my full-time gig. I don't have to worry about senior year finding a job and recruitment. It's it's easy peasy from here now on. And then, you know, the year goes on and then March comes and then I'm literally leaving with a bunch of my friends for spring break vacation. I look at my phone and I go to the stocks thing and I see, oh, that's weird. Bear Stearns, it says is down 50%. Uh, I wonder what that's about. And then started reading the news and, and realized there was some major trouble at Bear Stearns. <laughs> And lo and behold, a week or two later, I no longer had my full-time offer. And that was kind of now in April. So I pretty much had a month warning before I graduated that I had zero job and I needed to pretty much start from square one. So that was not the best feeling. Uh, but I realized at that point, it's like I could either, you know, just go crazy and just sit here in a corner and just be so mad at the situation or you can just say, all right, I'll deal with that later. And right now I need to find a job and what I'm going to be doing because <laughs> I thought I knew. So I worked with career services because there's a few of us in this situation, obviously. And we kind of just try to figure out, are there any other opportunities that were possible with other companies? So just kind of re-recruited again. So started talking with a number of companies and a month Ish later, I found an offer with this actually great internal, it's like a hedge fund essentially called Sempra Energy. So it was an energy trading fund and really enjoyed it. I was there for around three years and it was crazy going from, you know, school every day where, you know, you dress casual, you wear jeans and, you know, obviously your classes, but you didn't have as strict of a schedule um, as work. And so going to work every day, there was this nice kind of routine to it to start with. 
but then you also realized how much you missed school. I probably, you know, like towards the end of the first year, I, I really liked the job, but I also realized how special my last four years were. Do you feel like you had more time while you're in school or when you're working full time for like things that you wanted to do personally? Oh, wow. I think definitely in school, you have more time. I'm also saying this now being a father. So that might be a little skewed. Um, but I would definitely say you probably have more time to do things as a student. I think the other thing, too, is when you're a student, you could take risks, right? And you really owe it to yourself to try to figure out what are you interested in? Because once you go out into the real world and you're working, not to say it's not it's not possible to transition industries or transition roles or move or any of those things. But I think it's such a great opportunity for you to find some of those things out before you jump into the job market. So I definitely think with that, you definitely have more opportunities and time within your time, I think, at, at NYU than you do afterwards. So Bart, then you go from a hedge fund and now you're at Facebook, a little bit different from what you're doing, I would imagine. <laughs> okay. So how did, how did you take that risk to change industries? Yeah. So once again, not impossible at all. I definitely think it's, it's one of those things that's definitely harder. What I realized was my first few years out of college, I really liked what I was doing, but then I slowly realized I didn't really love the industry. And I kind of fell into finance because I liked numbers and I was getting into this kind of product marketing space within energy trading where I'm kind of understanding customers' needs and, and building bespoke products for meeting those needs. So it dawned on me though, that this was not an, an industry though, like energy trading itself wasn't something I woke up you know, every day, super excited to be a part of, but I've always been interested in tech. That was something that was always something of interest to me since an early age. And when I graduated from college in 2008, that just wasn't a path that you heard anyone take. Unless you were an engineer, I was not aware of this path where, you know, you could leave NYU with a business degree and go work at Google or Facebook. It's just, just not something I saw. Um, then over the years and just being in New York and meeting people, I just realized that, wait, there are these business opportunities at tech firms. And I really wanted to try to break into moving kind of this product marketing experience I have at, to a tech firm. But what I saw was it was actually a little difficult to target those industries coming from a very specific kind of niche financial industry. So I went to business school for an MBA. So I actually went to Stern for, to get my MBA to really transition industries. So I interned at Facebook in between my two years at Stern grad. And uh, after that, I really loved that experience. I loved the company and I returned after I graduated. Was your internship with Facebook also uh, as a product marketing manager? And could you also like for people who might not know, could you explain what a product marketing manager is and like what your maybe your day to day looks like? Yeah, that's a great question. So I interned in the product ops group, so product operations, and that group essentially is responsible for understanding the health of our products. So if you think about just in general with how products at any tech firm are built, you want to make sure that the products are quality, but they also want to be fast, right? And continually innovating. So I was helping during that summer to figure out where is that balance? Like what are the different kind of factors or metrics we should be looking at to understand that balance holistically. So I worked in that role over those three months 
And then I came back in a different role and that is the product marketing manager role. And here, what I'm able to do is I'm really sitting between our product org. So who's building our products and then our sales org. And this is for the, the business marketing side. So the sales orgs are kind of, they are the face of Facebook to all of the biggest advertisers in the world. And what I do is I help to understand the needs of those advertisers and help to try to build products that meet those needs. So for instance, Instagram story ads is something that I've worked on. And that's something that comes from the team that I work on and helping to understand that need that advertisers obviously want to advertise in places that people are spending their time. And after Instagram stories started taking off, we kind of found that opportunity and then grew it. When should a person realize that getting an MBA is really critical to the next step in my career? For you, it sounded like changing industries was that impetus. Like, hey, there are some skills or companies I really don't have or, or even content that I don't have right now that I really need to get. Is that the point, the trigger point to go? Yeah. So for, I definitely agree. I think you should try to figure out what is that end state that you think you want? And that end state will constantly change throughout your life. Like heads out to anyone who's a current student, what you think you want to do now is probably not where you will end up. I will guarantee you. And, and industry changes. Oh, for sure. Was there product manager development in tech like 20 years ago? Maybe there was. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. So like industries are changing, the roles are changing, what your interests are changing. So I think for me, what I came to realize was I definitely had a great skill set with finance and with modeling and a lot of other things that came with the, the career that I had, but I just didn't have that foothold or even signal on my resume of working in tech. And that was something that was definitely hurting my prospects of getting in. So for me, I did know I wanted to take that next step in that industry. So it was worth it. I think when people in general are looking to get an MBA or not, you should just figure out where do you think you want to go from here? And is that something an MBA is going to help you with? Because if the answer is no, and it's not going to help you, and it really doesn't make that big of a difference, and you're not gaining a unique set of skills that um, you don't already have, I think it's a hard equation or a hard thing to swallow of just seeing how much, obviously, you know, grad school education is and not really getting the benefit on the other side. Do you think different MBA programs like signal different things in terms of like which industries you want to get into? So like maybe the MBA program at like one college is different than another. Like, is that something people should be considering too, alongside with like where you want your end goal to be for your career? Yes, I definitely think there's certain schools that wouldn't, I would say target certain industries. I wouldn't say it's like the only feeder into a certain industry. A great example of this is Stern. So when I went to Stern undergrad, and when I graduated in 08, that was a finance school. That's what people dubbed it. You know, that wasn't actually all finance people. You know, there's a, there's marketing, there's other things. But over time, the undergrad program is now way more diverse in majors than it was when I was there at that time. The grad program as well is seeing that same phenomenon. So we're seeing, for instance, that the number one, I think it's number one or number two employer now outside of Stern graduates is Amazon. Wow. So like that is just to show you when I was that Stern was not known as being a tech school, but I was graduating and now, you know, it is a really strong tech school. So, yeah, I just think for sure there are 
certain things, but they, they definitely change. So I would say just keep up to date with what programs there are. We now also have like a FinTech program. We have a one-year tech MBA at Stern. You know, we have alums at all the big tech companies. So I think for sure there is certain schools that specialize probably in certain programs, but there are a lot of great options at a lot of schools. So just check them out and they change. <laughs> Maybe you could talk a little bit about the differences between working at a, a smaller firm, a boutique, or, or international corporation, and what that means for you as an employee. Yeah. So I think in finance, what was interesting, and this is not to say every company, but just my experience, was at these smaller financial companies, there wasn't a lot of sharing, per se. Like People didn't really talk about their personal lives. And it's kind of interesting because my experience at these smaller finance companies are kind of the polar opposite of now my experience at a big corporation at Facebook where we all are very open and share about our personal lives and we're all friends with each other on Facebook and Instagram. So it's actually interesting because it's a little counterintuitive than maybe you would think where I actually find now at a big, you know, quote unquote corporation that it's a lot more personable than working at a financial fund for quite a few years, but that might also just be the industry shift as well. So another thing too, that I think a lot of students struggle with is like building the right skills for internships and possible jobs. So could you talk a little bit about the skills that you use in your role and maybe that you think college students in general should just be practicing and getting better at before entering the workforce? Yeah. So I'd say just to start with, if you do know maybe the two or three potential roles that you're interested in, just check out the job recs, like go check out job board or to see what kind of things that they're looking for. So like, for instance, in their like duties or requirements or whatever it is, and get a good understanding. Are you hitting it? Do you actually have those experiences that would speak to the things that they're looking for? I think that's a great way to start just so you have an understanding of where you're currently in your career or your schooling and what are those classes maybe or extracurriculars you want to get involved with that maybe you're not stretching right now. Like in my job currently, I do a lot of public speaking. So if I maybe am not great at public speaking, maybe that's a course that I want to take like management communication before I would apply to a role like that. So for me personally, in my role, I think the two things i say three things that stand out. One is empathy and empathy because you need to understand what a person, a client, what their need is and try to translate that into a recommendation for the product team to build. And you're between a lot of teams. So you need to have a lot of empathy with other people's goals and their perspectives. The second thing I'd say is just communication. So that involves obviously public speaking. Uh, two weeks ago, I was at an event where I spoke to 150 people about our video strategy. So that's something for sure that I use day in and day out, either in a big forum like that, or is it something even in a meeting, the necessity kind of to command a room. And then the third thing would be just data, being able to dig into data sets to understand opportunities when it comes to product launches, or let's say which clients are adopting certain products and which aren't. That's probably the third facet of my job that's important to excel in. So what are you most proud of so far in your career to date? I think what I'm most proud of is taking a leap of faith. 
I think that was something that was scary to me. I was five and a half, six years into my job in finance. And I, I was at, I guess, two firm, two firms after, yeah, so two firms after five and a half years. And I was comfortable, you know, I was making a good living, but I knew I wasn't happy. And I had this decision point where I realized I kept trying to get into these tech companies and I would get far on the and the interviews, but at the end of the day, I just didn't have this tech experience and was holding me back. And I just came to a decision where I'm either going to stay in this forever or I need to make a drastic move. And it just became more apparent. And then one day I just decided that was it. Like I just needed to make a decision. And I really, towards the end of my job, was really not liking it. So I just decided to quit cold turkey. <laughs> it's like... I was like, you know what? I was in a meeting and I was having a really like rough week again. I'm like, this is just terrible. Like I'm living this career where like, sure, I'm getting paid, but I had this irrational fear. If I quit my job, that means I'm going to not make money. And if I don't make money, I'm going to be homeless. And if I'm homeless, that means my life's over. I'm going to just be on the street. So completely irrational, but I finally just got the nerve and I realized I was more scared at that point to stay in the role to see what would happen than to just take that chance and that leap of faith to do something else. So I just went for it and decided to quit. And then I was applying to business schools. I got into Stern and uh, decided to go to Stern. But I think that was probably the thing I'm most proud of is not necessarily like some accomplishment or like I got to this level or role or anything like that. I think honestly, it was being honest with myself and telling myself that if I don't change, something really bad is going to happen, as in nothing's going to happen. I'm going to stay in this role forever and I'm never going to be happy. So I think that was probably my proudest moment is just being able to just throw it away and say, like, listen, this is a great experience, but I need to take a chance on me and just go for it. So, yeah. And to say that to any current student now, like I was saying, you think you might know what you want to do and it definitely could change. Be honest with yourself because it's definitely something that you know, is not going to get better over time. If you really, really hate your job and you're a few years out of school, take the opportunity to try to fix it or, you know, find what does make you happy because, you know, a career is a long thing and you don't want to be happy for the majority of it. Right. True. <laughs> True. Life goes quick. So you talked about like the, your press moments, like overcoming this fear. Do you think you have those moments too in your career or like you have to make these big decisions that you're maybe afraid of and like, how have you dealt with that? either at Facebook or at other places with like making those big decisions. And one thing is over time, you definitely get a gut feel for things more than when you first start off. So I think it's completely fair when you're, especially when you're first starting your career, it's okay that you don't know. And I think a really important thing too, some of the smartest people and most accomplished in the world, they can't do it them just themselves either. And they also ask for people's help. So I think that's one of the main things too, is just realizing that sometimes it's really good to get opinions of other people that you trust. So that was a big part of many of the things, even in my career now, where let's say there's a big launch of a product and I probably will you know, get someone I trust to look over a lot of the work that I'm doing just to ensure that I have another set of eyes on it and I value their perspective. So I think that's one main thing for sure is just understanding who you feel like are doing well in their job or who you just trust their opinion and making sure they're a resource for you and you could be a resource for them as well. I think that's a big one. 
You, you need to write a book because uh, <laughs> you get some really, really good ideas. You know, you've had so many good colleagues uh, in the world. Let's go back to your days at NYU. Who are some of those alums that uh, you worked with that you want to give a shout out to and uh, remind them of your their presence in your life? Oh, my gosh. There's so many. There's Rishi. There's Chrissy. Jorge and Jenny got married. Did you know that? Saw that. I saw that. I'm a Facebook friend with, uh, with Jenny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, so them too for sure. Let's see. There's Marissa. There's Keith and Neely, which I think you've at least talked to Neely. I've had both. Keith uh, gave you a shout out in his podcast as well. Yeah, and Bill. I've seen Bill recently. Bill Griffin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did a great team over there, Weinstein. Yeah, we. It was the. It was the best of times. It really was. That's a good list, right? Is that a good list? It's a great list. It's a great <laughs> list. If those you forgot, they can tweet at you or, or Instagram you and with a picture with a sad sad face. Done. Done. <laughs> You'll get some text messages later on. There you go. It's time now for speed round. Giselle's going to start you off. So can you tell us who your favorite NYU professor was? Professor Kernow, who passed away, I think, a year or two after I left. But he was this man who taught statistics at Stern and he was just this lovable guy and he was so incredibly smart. Excellent. Any celebrity sightings while you were an NYU student? Oh yes, uh, quite a few. David Duchovny, that was one that I think was one of my first ones that was a little starstruck by. What's the best place to hide in New York City? Ooh, to hide? I'd say Chinatown. There's a lot of great hiding places in Chinatown. Best thing about being a father? I just love I just love watching Sloan do anything. To be honest with you, it's just I, I honestly think going to the playground. Lately, it's been going to the playground. I love watching her go down the slide by herself. That's been a hoot. But I think just watching her grow up is just it's just been great. Well, you're doing the right thing, taking the memory moments too. I heard it goes by really fast. That's just my parents. It, say does, all the time. it does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it does. All right. Finally, what was your most memorable RA experience? I mean, there were so many different events that we did. I think one of the things that was really fun was we took, this is Rishi and I actually took our, we had one of those international floors. Do you guys still do that? It was like the, I forget what we called them. Oh, one of the explorations floors. Exploration, yes, exploration floor. So we were on the international exploration floor and we all went to Ellis Island for the day. And that was honestly one of the most fun things where we all just bonded and had just a really fun experience learning about the history of immigration in the United States. And it was just a great opportunity for all of us to bond and get to know each other a lot. So that's one of mem- one of the many memories that sticks out. Bart, thanks so much for spending time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, as always, thanks to our listeners who can stay connected with NYU RA alums who are living a dream school alumni version of life. Bart, you're such a great guy. Uh, NYU misses you. And although you're still involved in the alumni world, I can tell. Yeah, I do a few things here and there. I've recently done a tour for the Stern Tech Association, the grad program tour at Facebook. But um, I'm still involved in, in certain ways as much as I can. I know. I know your time is precious now, but thanks again for taking time with us. Uh, your your journey is really important and it certainly helps our RAs who are thinking about careers like the one that you've started and continue to have now. So thank you. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me.
Absolutely. Special thanks to our engineer, Juliana Fonseco Alesso, and to the current professional staff and the alums like Ryan and Zan and Katie Winner, who did a great job in making life at NYU better and preparing those RAs for skill acquisition along the way. If you like tonight's show, look for more content on the website. And if you want to know RA's favorite books, go to whattheyreading.blogspot.com. Until next time, remember, taking a risk can be really difficult, but the end result can be truly awesome.